Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sat, managing editor of Fightful and Fightful Wrestling here. I just wanted to give you all a bit of a warning. Today's listing, your boy, was ripe with technical errors. But due to viewer, reader, listener response, we decided to leave it as is for the audio version. For some reason, our viewers liked it, our readers liked it, our listeners liked it. I just want to prepare those of you who don't like it, if you want to listen to pro wrestling, really the first 35 minutes and the last 20 minutes are about where you need to be. Uh, We hope that these technical issues will be cleared up next week, but uh, thank you guys for your patience. Is already okay. There we and go. we're live. We are live. We're live. Did the video play? It's yeah. It's playing. I've got it here on the 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 window to my left. Special producer Melissa hasn't screwed anything up yet. Well, not that they know of. So the video <laughs> well, intro you know, played because I didn't hear shit. Ex- except for the fact that you know on on my screen you can see little black bars at the top because ah, she didn't fit can. it to me. But I mean, it's whatever. It's okay. I fixed it. No one else saw. It's fine. Okay, I didn't hear the audio. Does that mean that when we play the clips later, I won't hear the audio of that either? No, you. I tested those. This is the one I had to add in last minute. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's all we got going on. Hi, Sean. You all can follow her at IRL underscore tweener on Twitter. Also, you all can follow our friends at OMG Butter, who sponsored this show. Visit them, omg.com. Get your omega-3s, your omega-9s. I speak, uh, I praise fish oil. It's my favorite supplement. And this is a good way to get some additional omega fatty acids. It's got CLA in it, which is known to fight cancer. Uh, it is it is widely praised within the fitness community. Our boy James Lynch even told me off the air on Saturday that he uses ghee and he's going to check it out. Uh, watch our Holy Smokes MMA show or our UFC 225 wrap-up show, and you can get a promo code. But uh, go follow them at OMG Butter. Let them know that you heard about them from us, even if you don't purchase something. OMG.com. Hot dog, it's time, Jimmy. I'm curious, Sean. How come the only promo code we have for that is the MMA? Fightful MMA promo code. We wanted to target our MMA audience. I see. That's what I figured you were thinking. Okay. 
Yeah, that's okay. what they wanted. Oh, that's so. what they really they wanted to yeah, do that. They, they wanted it. You know, the owner, I believe, if he's listening, I think he hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, and if you're listening, sir, I apologize, I haven't responded yet. I uh, uh, I get like 25 messages a day on LinkedIn, and most of them are spam. You know, Sean, like, hey, do you want to try this service and this service kind of thing? So usually it takes me like a month to actually go through them because most of them are shit. Not that yours necessarily was, but I, I get a lot of shit. So I don't respond daily. I, including spam, I've probably got 25 messages on LinkedIn in my entire life because okay, I get the feeling I'm not as powerful on that platform as maybe you are. Well, it's that business. We do. We actually do a lot of recruitment through LinkedIn for, nice. new, for new hires. Yeah, but I get a lot of LinkedIn messages, and a lot of it is unnecessary, uh, unnecessary messages. You know what I did today before uh, I strolled into the media room here, Sean? What's that? I booked your Toronto trip. Ooh, I did. I'm excited. And guess what I'm going to do, Sean? Uh-oh. And this is a rarity, all right? This is a rarity. Uh, so you're coming in on a Tuesday. I'm putting you up at a, at a nice little establishment Tuesday and Wednesday night. I picked a different hotel from last year because I want to give you variety. And uh, the, so that's Tuesday and Wednesday. On the Friday night, I booked you in a hotel in Niagara Falls. Ooh. Falls View uh, Suite, I'm told. Falls uh, Suite. I'm going to have to look this up. Uh, what that means is you can see the falls from your window. That's that's a falls you sweet. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, so you got that on the Friday. Well, Thursday, no hotel because Thursday I decided after thinking about it long and hard and after you know talking to the wife, I'm going to have you at my house for I'm the night. I'm moving in! <laughs> Citizenship, here I come! Thursday night you're going to stay at my house and I'm going to barbecue. Awesome. And, and let me tell you, Sean, let me tell you, Sean, Nothing against the people in my office. <laughs> Nobody here has been at my new house. I have. Okay, that's a little different. That's a little different. <laughs> Melissa came by during the reno to pick up a TV. Otherwise, no one has been at my new house because I kind of like to keep a little bit of a barrier there. But uh, I'm going to have you over Thursday night, you and your wife. Do it again. What? What? You're doing it again. I see through it. Oh, you do? Aaron Hyden just pointed it out. You know what? Try to overwhelm me with kindness. I know what's going on. About you ever, you ever heard – 7 p.m. rolls around. You and your wife hit the bricks. Hi, Sean. You're on babysitting duty. Okay. Do you honestly think that I would put my two Hell children – no, I don't think you would I was going to say, that. my two children that I love dearly in the hands of you? <laughs> that sounds like a horrible idea. It's very unlikely. Well, you know what? We would have our stupid people segment for the next week, wouldn't we? We'd have all six stories from one night. Yes, would. Yeah, we probably would. No, but we're going to do that, man. So on the Thursday, I'll have you come in for the podcast, and then at the end of the podcast, your wife can come in, and then we'll head over to my house, and uh, there you go. Very excited for that. Again, yep. I thank you. My wife is very excited. We're going to try to hit up uh, that Harry Potter bar, wherever the hell but it sure is. But Shura told me about that. Yeah, she mentioned that. It's going to yeah. be terrible. I don't even know how to speak French. Unbelievable. And also, I, I will tell you this, because you might look at your itinerary when I have them send it to you, and you might think, man, I'm leaving uh, Friday morning. I'm, I'm going from Toronto, Niagara Falls Friday morning, and I'm coming back Saturday afternoon. Like, that's not a lot of time. But as Melissa will tell you, you spend one full day in Niagara Falls, you're good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, with, with our vacations, so my wife and I are going to North Carolina, just the beach. It's about an hour away from Myrtle Beach at the end of the month. <clears throat> my deal is three to four days. That's my vacation length. That's max length. I spent a week in freaking Tennessee in the mountains and wanted to pull my hair out. Mm. It drove me nuts. It's just not my type of thing. Um, and that, like you mentioned to me, well, if you come in in the afternoon, your day is wasted. Oh, no, not mine. 
Not mine. Not after SummerSlam. My mm. hours are going to be so screwed up after that. So I had to kind of look at that and adjust. And I'll be able to do the SmackDown post-show from Canada that night, likely from a hotel. So mm-hmm. that's cool. I'm very excited to do that. Awesome. There you go. So that'll be fun. Uh, let's move on. I want to start off by talking, of course, about CM Punk. Now, let me let me say this first. Now, I, I saw your post UFC 225 show a little bit with James, and I saw a little bit of your MMA podcast with Joe. So obviously, you've already like long talked about this. Uh, I just want to I want to start by saying one thing. I saw CM Punk's interview with Ariel Hawani that he did last Wednesday. Uh, and anybody unfamiliar, Ariel Hawani is a renowned MMA journalist. He just went to ESPN actually, and every year he would do a sit down interview with Punk in Chicago. And in that interview, Punk said that before his first UFC fight with Mickey Gall, when he would envision the outcome of the fight, there were some scenarios in which he saw himself losing, right? He admitted that. He said when he was envisioning the outcome of the second fight last Saturday against Mike Jackson at UFC 225, he said there was not one scenario in which he saw himself losing. He said that, right? Yeah, he And did. so I thought to myself, you know what? He hasn't fought in almost two years, and he's at one of the best gyms in, in MMA, uh, and Mike Jackson's an unknown commodity. I actually thought he had a good shot to win. I did too, but it was based on the unknown. It was we hadn't based seen on the any unknown. footage of him. Yes, I, I've managed fighters. I've done fight coordinating. I've done commentary. I've trained. I taught kickboxing for a while. There ain't no goddamn way that guy spent three and a half years at Rufus Sport. And this is what I was going to ask. And and it's funny because Showdown Joe was the first guy that I heard mention that. Uh, on, on the Tuesday MMA podcast, he said, I would like to know in three and a half years, how much actual time did he spend at the gym? Now, I do know that Punk was was injured and he had that back surgery, correct, at one point? Yes, he did. And he probably lost a few months at least with that. Then with the trial, uh, he lost at least the last two weeks of his fight camp. You never know beforehand how much shit he was dealing with with that. So he lost at least the last two weeks of his fight camp for that. But um, I just watched 1,200 days, man. Yeah. 1,200 days since the beginning of 2015 to then. And, you know, him dabbling before that. Yeah, yeah. I just just felt like he was was completely outclassed. And, and, you know, I posted a tweet after the fight on Saturday night, and I I stand by that. And what I said was I respect him because it takes balls to get in there uh, and walk in that aisle. I think Mike Jackson even said you you, you don't understand the, the, the pressure of walking down that aisle going to the cage and the fact that he did that and the fact that he made weight he was 169 pounds he made weight and he had to deal with a trial the last two weeks of his fight camp i I very much respect what he did and guess what i'm getting a tickle in my throat again sean (coughs) but i very much respect what he did but that being said i felt he was completely outclassed and i really questioned how much actual time he put in at the gym so oftentimes I call pro-ams. I call cards that have a couple pro fights on the top and the rest are amateur. With regularity, I am sitting at ringside and I see Rick Toms, one of the best ring announcers ever in my estimation. Doesn't get the praise he deserves. He'll look the fighter in their eyes as he's saying their name. And I can't count the number of times I've seen those people realize the gravity of the situation as that happened. They hear their name screamed by this awesome ring announcer, and they go, shit, mm-hmm. this is about to happen. For Punk, I saw that happen in the middle of the first round. Did you really? You, you that's s- that's when I saw it. Like, there was just, oh, my God. He had no answer. Like, he didn't know what to do, and uh, and, and he I kept was, trying for the tape. You know, what, you know what it reminded me of to a degree? Do you remember the third round of Cormier Jones 1? 
Yeah. And anybody that's not overly familiar with MMA, Daniel Cormier, light heavyweight champion John Jones. Cormier was an Olympic wrestler, and in their first fight, he was schooled by Jones in wrestling by the by the third round. Maybe it was the fifth round. The the last round. Uh, Cormier knew he was going to lose, and all he wanted to do was take John Jones down because he was supposed to be the wrestler. And he busted his ass, and he and he blew all his energy out just trying to take John Jones down, and finally he did it. That first round of that fight, uh, I felt like all Punk wanted to do was take him down, and he, and he tried over and over and over again. And when he finally did get him, he didn't know what to do when he got him. He down. went for those. He went for a lot of leg kicks, and so first thing, a couple of them landed, but he would do the old whirly bird that you never see in UFC and slow. You too. don't. Yeah, you don't spin your body. You don't turn your back on an opponent. We saw that happen to a degree with Greg Hardy's opponent on Tuesday Night Contender Series. Got knocked out real proper as a result. Uh, you can see an old Eve Edwards knockout where he essentially did a spinning heel kick, Owen Hart style, and knocked a guy out that way. One of the most famous knockouts of all time. There were so many things from a technical aspect that I secured within the first couple of months of MMA training. Mm-hmm that it's it's a little disturbing to me and it's a little disheartening to me because the thing is I know he put the work because I talked to a lot of people that he trained with mm-hmm. who say that he puts in the work but that is not three and a half years of progress that's yeah. not one year of progress that's barely a few months of progress it's, do you it's think really, let me ask you this do you think that okay he started three and a half years ago and he got hurt uh, do you think that whenever he had to have breaks for injury or whatever reason, that he lost so much time that when he went back, it was almost like starting over? It could have been. Like, I don't, I don't know his – and the thing is, when you watch him training as a pro wrestler, it's never that impressive. Like, there are videos out there of him running drills and stuff, and it's not that impressive. To be honest, from an athletic standpoint, he's not that. From yeah. a performer standpoint, he sure as hell is because right. he's an incredible performer. And his personality helped make up for some of those shortcomings. Can he do some athletic things? Sure. But, man, this was this was so bad. Was mm-hmm. it so bad that I think it's offensive to MMA? No, mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily. Uh, he, they wanted to sell some pay-per-views, whatever. There are rumors that they sold 150000 It's too early for that really? number to be out. Yeah, it's too early for that number to be out there. It might be right, yeah. but it's been three days. Yeah. So I mean, I'll admit too- and, and you, you and I talked about this last week. So um, Sean and I were talking about, you know, the, the trial and how we were able to get the exclusive with Punk. Or, okay, it wasn't an exclusive, but we got, a, we got an interview with Punk afterwards. And I was telling Sean by Friday, I was sick of Punk Media because at the UFC Media Day last Thursday, even though Robert Whitaker and Yoel, Yoel Romero were the main event, everywhere you looked, all you saw was a CM Punk interview. Yeah. Everywhere. And it seems all anybody wanted to do was talk to CM Punk, and it was clear who the draw was of that show. Uh, so I expected bigger, a bigger number. I didn't expect the same as the first time, but I expected a bigger number. I'd expect when all is said and done, it's probably about 225, 250. That's, that's what I'm expecting personally. Hmm. So from an execution standpoint, it was miserable. It was sad. Honestly, in the modern UFC era, and I'm talking post-Ultimate Fighter, hmm. It was legitimately two of the worst male performances I have seen in inside the cage in the UFC yep. ever. And that goes for Mike Jackson, too. I don't buy that he carried or coasted. I think that he was not talented enough to beat CM Punk because he didn't have – whether it was the confidence in his mind, whatever, I don't buy for one second that he carried CM Punk as opposed to making a name off of him 
by knocking him out. I think that he was fearful that maybe some errant shot would knock him out and he would get embarrassed on the grand stage. The grandest that he's ever been featured on. And he's he's not going to be seen anymore as a result. He'll get a booking somewhere, but I don't think in the UFC. So I agree with you to a degree. I, I think that he was definitely afraid because I, I saw a lot of his post-fight stuff that he did. Uh, I think he was definitely afraid of being the guy to lose to CM Punk. He said so in, in one of the post-fight yeah. interviews. And I think he was definitely afraid, oh, if I go for the knockout, if he catches me with a shot kind of thing. Uh, but I also think, and it's funny because one of the reporters asked Dana White at the post-fight press conference straight up, the rumor is that Mike Jackson wanted to go three rounds because he wanted to milk his television time. Uh, because and he, and he talked a lot in his post-fight stuff about he kept calling himself the truth and saying, I'm a journalist and I have a podcast and I'm doing some kind of a food thing. And he, was kept, he kept talking about his non-UFC endeavors. Uh, and I even saw in one post-fight interview where he acknowledged that he's not an elite-level fighter. Based on all of that, I think he had zero intention of fighting in the UFC again. And I think that he thought, this is a chance to get a, paper, uh, a payday and it's a chance to have, get my face on television. And I think that that's what he was thinking the whole time. Uh, I think he was talented enough to finish Punk because he had him hurt more than once. But like you said, I don't think he wanted to be the guy to take that shot and, uh, and lose to CM Punk. Uh, I want to put up this, uh, this uh, tweet. Uh, Melissa, you've got it. Mm-hmm. Because Punk, uh, you saw the fight, uh, Sean. Joe Rogan yeah. wanted to talk to Punk after the fight. And he actually said, hey, Phil, stick around. Yeah. And Punk took off. Uh, and apparently went to the hospital for precautionary measures. Punk posted this on uh, Twitter afterwards. He said, quote, you win some, you lose some. I'm one and one this week, and I'll take it. Thanks to my team, my family, my friends, and the fans. Wouldn't be here without any of you. Respect to the truth, Jackson. Thanks for the fight. You only live once, and I'm alive. And like I said, I give the guy credit for the balls to get in there, but I was just very disappointed with the effort. Uh, and I, I see no way. Obviously, Bellator will give him a chance because it's Bellator, and, and yeah. Scott Coker is Scott Coker. Some and, regional promotion. He might fight on Fight Pass for somebody. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. But I, if, I, if, if Mike Jackson was really looking to milk his TV time, and that's how he did it, then he's an absolute moron because yes. knocking out CM Punk would have got a lot more play than whatever it is he did. Yes. Also, he can talk about his outside the cage i've got more twitter followers than him so apparently it's not yeah and you know what else he said that i didn't agree with too and he said in more than one interview because i noticed a lot of what he said he repeated himself over and over in the same interviews or in different interviews he said i knew if i didn't take him out in the first round i was going to be in for a long night and i thought to myself how many fights have we seen get finished in the second or third round you know Everybody that I've seen train in my gym, if they had Punk in the position in which he was in, would have finished him. Yes. It's just unbelievable. Like, closing his guard, you don't see people close their guard unless they're throwing elbows these days. Right. Punk was punching off of his back. It was real weird. Yeah, it, was it, was, real it wasn't great. Uh, moving on. So, let me tell you, Sean. When you have two little kids uh, and you have to prepare breakfast in the morning, right, especially on a weekend, it can be like 10, 11 a.m. by the time you're able to check your phone. Yeah. And so Saturday morning, I checked my phone, I think around 11 a.m., uh, and I had a text message from you, and I think the time of the text message was like 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And your text message said, when you get this, check the site. And I'll be honest with you, Sean, 11 a.m., the first thing I thought of is the site crashed. Oh, no. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm going to go there. There's going to be an error of 404. I'm going to be like trying to reach my devs on a Sunday knowing they're not going to answer the phone. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking. I go to Fightful.com, and what do I see before my eyes? I see an exclusive with Corey Graves. Mm-hmm. I am going to just turn the floor to you, and you can explain how this whole thing unfolded. Oh, man. 
So there's there's an awful lot to talk about here, and it's something that I wanted to talk about on this show because we often talk about how things affect Fightful and how they affect our viewers and our readers. And I stand behind what a corporate chill Corey Graves is with the nicknames. Just going to throw that out there, but I respect what he did. Go ahead, oh, Sean. I got something for you later in the show about that. By oh, the way. it's sweet. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Okay, so we have busted Corey Graves' balls about the Booker T situation because nobody bought that that was legit. We posted as much on our site, and he said, well, nobody reached out to me. Nobody reached out to Booker. Well, I had reached out to Booker. As it turns out, I had old contact info, but Corey has no contact info. Mm. And we can't just message Corey Graves and get a comment on the record, or at least that's how it seems. WWE does not straight outlaw their talent from doing this because, quite frankly, they can't. Mm -hmm. They're independent contractors. However, it is frowned upon. They provide media training, social media training, media sensitivity, all this type of stuff to their, their people. WWE talent are not supposed to talk to Fightful. They're not supposed to talk to Pro Wrestling Sheet. They're not supposed to talk to Wrestling Inc., WrestleZone, Wrestling Observer, PW Insider, any of that stuff. Some rare exceptions are made. Heath Slater started up a wrestling school. He did a couple interviews. I was the only media at the Arnold Sports Festival, and I hit up WWPR, and I said, hey, I've been to two of these. I've spent eight straight hours, four different times covering this. I would appreciate it if you hooked me up with an interview. They did that. I appreciated it. Um, Radio Row. If we got on Radio Row for SummerSlam, any of that stuff, sure, they can talk to us. No big deal. However, they don't like me say, contacting a Jason Jordan. I'll throw out a name I've never talked to outside of a scheduled interview. They don't want me to hit up Jason Jordan, schedule an interview on my own, and just talk about whatever, because they are afraid, quite frankly, of what a full-time wrestling journalist would ask a Jason Jordan. Obviously, say, some absolute turd who doesn't do this for a living interviews Paige, and for some reason, Paige is granted access to it what do you think the first thing they're going to ask is? Or at least the first thing WWE is afraid they're going to ask about are the video leaks and all this stuff. So Lillian Garcia gets the interviewer, or an ESPN, or Sports Illustrated, and they know that as a result, the Fightfuls, the WrestleZones, the Pro Wrestling Sheets, the Wrestling Inks, will cover that because if we don't, somebody else in, in the wrestling news landscape will, and that's where the viewers will go. So they know that that news we give to ESPN and Sports Illustrated, which quite honestly don't give a shit about wrestling viewers, hmm. don't give a shit about wrestling fans, as you see by some of the coverage, which is then shot down by wrestling superstars, they know that that's going to get covered by people who cover it full time. So I messaged Corey Graves almost sarcastically on Twitter and said, like I do every time something like this comes up with him, hey, I'd really love to get your story on this contact me and I did it twice and then he tweeted me back or he messaged me back actually he DM'd me and said I'd love to give you my story did you know and who this, you were I have no clue if he knows who I am okay before or, he I hit mean, you he up he now okay no idea but I know that he sees my tweets because I got the blue check mark and that makes essentially it's hard to hide those tweets unless you manually mute or block that person so I know that to other verified people on Twitter my messages get through a little bit easier. But he straight up DM'd me, and I was like, okay, you sure? Phone, Twitter, whatever. And he goes, we can do it via DM. Okay, that's that's golden for me because I don't have to transcribe shit. Mm -hmm. Good. 
he was very eloquent. A lot of people thought that he was drunk or something because of the time of the night. I can tell you he wasn't. And if he was, he didn't regret it the next day because he messaged me and thanked me for being fair in the story and standing by my work. That's cool. He said that, quite frankly, CM Punk, ahead of his UFC fight, I think it was 203 in September 2016, Corey Graves had messaged him and Punk let him know that he had no interest in being friends with him or anybody else still tied with WWE. Ahead of this, I had heard that Punk essentially gave people an ultimatum, either you leave WWE or you're not friends with me. Now, hmm. Punk says that he didn't ever hear of that ultimatum. However, it can it's very clear how that could be misconstrued based on what Corey told me is that I don't have any interest in being friends with somebody who works for WWE. So you, you said Punk said he didn't hear the ultimatum. You mean Corey no, said he didn't No, Gra the... Graves didn't hear the ultimatum. Okay. Sorry. So, yeah, that's he, he opened up on that, said that he doesn't like the fact that CM Punk portrays himself as this punk star and took shots at the business that week. And when, when he said that, I thought, you mean in testimony? Do you mean after? Because CM Punk told us at Fightful, I don't have to be forced to <laughs> compete through concussions anymore. There's, there's Man, there was so much to that. And I was just like, whoa, when he said that, he was not afraid of WWE legal mm -hmm. by saying that. And they won't dare come after Punk for saying that because that opens them up, themselves up to discovery and a whole <laughs> batch of testifying that they don't want. Yeah. They do not want so many people involved in these other lawsuits being called in to testify on behalf before their concussion protocol was installed so yeah i expected maybe some punishment i don't know about outright punishment because if wwe were to punish a, a court for talking to us that opens themselves up to another set of stuff especially if wrestlers try to unionize or associate or anything like that but yeah the, well all they would do is next thing you know jerry lawler's on raw instead you know? yeah well and he told me that he respected CM Punk's drive, but he he sent that text shortly before. And he says that he had talked to Punk since he left, although it wasn't as much. And it's just, he said it didn't have anything to do with court or testimony or nothing that it was corporate. He was just upset that he lost a friend in such a way. Now, you know, I, I'm not going to act like I agree or disagree with the way that Corey Graves went about this. I was just very shocked that a wrestling website of any kind, much less ours, were the ones that got that type of, of uh, response. Now, I was on a media call with Triple H today, and I thought that whether or not I got the invite on that call was going to be a pretty good indication of if WWE was super pissed or not. Got the invitation, didn't get a question in. But Triple H, I don't think it's a secret how he feels. Mm -hmm. He holds these calls for wrestling media. Mm -hmm. And particularly, he knows there are people like me, like Ryan Satin, like Justin Labar, who make their career off of covering pro wrestling and want to push the journalism aspect the right way. Aggregation is a, is a necessary evil in this line of work, unfortunately. Uh, but I think that if they opened up their talent to people like me, people like Ryan, they would get a smarter kind of coverage. They would get a better kind of coverage because I've mentioned this before. If WWE comes to Lexington, they're not going to ask me to interview Sasha Banks. They're going to ask WLEX, and WLEX is going to cut that that same fucking thing you always see. Wow, Sasha, look at your arms. They're really nice. What do you eat? Yeah. I bet your schedule's really crazy, right? And that's what they want. 
and they hope that we'll aggregate that. But the thing is, the websites have kind of, they 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 get a short mention for that stuff now. They're mm-hmm. not getting full robust articles. I interviewed Shane Taylor this week for Ring of Honor. We're gonna get three articles out of that. We're gonna get a segment on listing your boy eventually. We're gonna get a video on it. More people will see it than if he had went to WLEX because that's the way that wrestling fans consume their news. I don't hear a lot of people saying, man, I'm I'm refreshing on ESPN.com to see what's new in the wrestling world these days. That just doesn't happen. So I think a change will come eventually, but I think that change is a big part of Triple H too. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. And we've talked about it before. Let me, I got a few questions about this Corey thing. So the first thing is, did you ask him whether he thinks that Punk didn't want to befriend anybody in WWE because he was worried about repercussions because of the pending lawsuit at the time? I did, but all he really said was he didn't see, like, nothing that he tweeted was corporate, and he just said that he was more offended that he turned his back on the business and stuff. So I'm just wondering if Punk's kind of mentality, vague. I'm wondering if Punk's mentality was, I don't want to be friends with you because your company's going to sue me and I don't know if anything I say, you might then tell them. Yeah. I mean, I, I could... But, I mean, then Cole Cabana was backstage, too, recently. But, see, the thing is, there were rumors that there was a falling out because yeah. of that as well. And I had heard... And you could tell this situation had a profound impact on Cole Cabana. Oh, for, Especially course. financially. For sure, for sure. And his attorney said on his podcast that he, in his 45 years of law, nothing that he has done has ever caused a verdict so quickly for a trial so long right another question i have i thought punk and kofi were still tight i yeah i didn't ask about that he's i i even specified to him you don't need to name names but are there others who have done this and he goes well i'm not going to name names but yeah there are yeah and that's the thing i i didn't want anybody else implicated that's the thing on any given week i talked to a half a dozen wwe wrestlers not including all the other places but I can't go on the record with them, yeah. and they won't go on the record with me. I don't even bother asking them to go on the record with me yeah. because I know the answer. So, and and honestly, the things that I ask, I, I've said this before, unless it's right before the show, I don't report storyline news, and that's based on the script information I'm given because I don't see a benefit of it. It changes so much based on the whims of a 70-something-year-old yeah. guy. That Until it airs on television, you're right. It's not worth it to me. So what I tend to do is I ask the people that I know how they feel about certain things, how their bodies are holding up, what they see changing. I take the temperature of things, and then I address those, and I'll write articles accordingly. And I pride myself on being objective and trying to push things in the right direction where maybe a lot of people don't think wrestling journalism can go. And I think there's a lot of people that are doing that, and I think Triple H sees that. I hope Corey Graves sees that, and I hope he helps encourage that as well because I think that we covered it pretty goddamn fairly. Let me ask you this question, and we've talked about this before with Corey Graves, especially after the Greatest Royal Rumble when he you know, made a couple of tweets that were kind of politically motivated a little bit. Do you think that Corey Graves, I've used the term before, too big for his britches, do you think that Corey Graves in his mind thinks, uh, I'm doing Raw and SmackDown now, I'm untouchable, and this is why he wasn't afraid to give you an interview because do you think that he thinks I'm untouchable? So it's funny you said that because the vibe that I got from him was completely the opposite. <laughs> because I thought that too, and he just kind of was like, I'm in a weird spot where I'm not talent, but nobody actually pays attention. So Okay, because I, I always have looked at it like uh, sometimes these guys do get a little bit too cocky 
uh, and WWE's very quick to squash that. And uh, yeah. and that's why I look at a guy like Corey Graves, and I think he's doing a pretty good job outside of his 100 nicknames a show. Otherwise, I, otherwise, I think he does a decent job. But they would not think twice about cutting him loose if, yeah. uh, you know. And that's why I was kind of curious if that was his mindset that I'm on both shows and I'm, you know, I'm in a power position. We discussed position. WWE PR because that's the thing. In order to even have any type of connections, to get on these calls, to maybe get credentialed, to get on Radio Row, you have to maintain a pretty positive relationship with WWE PR. And I have spoken on this show about my ups and downs with those. And I even told Corey about that. And he named the guy that I interact with who I, I actually like. But he said, yeah, he's a good dude. He's got to look out for the talent. But, I mean, there I, I can tell the difference. I can tell, you know, I, I talk to one guy mainly that I have a good relationship with in that department. But when WWE really wants to get something out there, I hear from another guy and I get that press release. That's mm -hmm. how I can tell they really want something out there. But, like I said, I think it is shifting in the right direction because mm -hmm. while the mainstream media coverage is nice – you also have Dolph Ziggler, Rey Mysterio, and Nia Jax back-to-back-to-back weeks going mm. out there and squashing things reported by these entities, the Sports Illustrateds of the world, who mm. have the name, have the reach, but what good is the reach if what you're reporting isn't good? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's It gives everything a black eye, especially when the people that they are feeding interviews to, a direct line report things that that aren't correct right. so um yeah i it, it's going to be uh it, if this policy becomes more relaxed i think that wrestling media as a whole will improve i think wwe creatively will will improve just put just put mandates on it say hey we would like you to stick to something like this mm -hmm. don't stray from it and the respectable media will follow those guidelines and still find a way to get good content. And the ones who aren't, you weed them out. That's I mean, the TakeOver press conference works like that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and there's yeah, yeah. never any issues on that. I mean, New Japan's going to hold, I think, anywhere between three to five media calls with talent and, or with wrestling media. And those go great. The Impact ones, maybe not so smooth, but they're not the most organized. <laughs> but That's because they're, like they're using a free call-in service. That's why. Yes, yes, they are. But... Uh, <laughs> Here's the hoping that this helps. Maybe if it's a minor blip on the radio, it might not mean a damn thing come Friday for all I know. But Triple H is doing a post-fight press conference from NXT. I inquired to see if we could get credentialed there and send our Chicago rep. And if not, I think they're doing a actually a conference call after the show. So I'm going to try to hop on there after the post-show. Cool. Well, good on you on getting that story, man. Once again, yeah. I, I expected the worst when he said go to the site. <laughs> Positive surprise. Good for you. Yeah, that was a wild night. The UFC show started early and ended late. Yeah. And usually my post shows when I go solo are about 30 to 40 minutes. Yep. Uh, but I had James Lynch on there with me this week. So we went the full hour, and then I got the messages. And I was like, well, staying up. I also got messages from one Bruce Pritchard, who I interviewed recently. But we've had it on the back burner for a while for segments because we've had so much shit, Jimmy. <laughs> Take a listen. Melissa, cue it up. Hit it back up. Oh, I hear something. I hear something. What's going on? It's us. There's two playing at once. Woo! Oh, 
Oh, she's getting flustered. She's getting flustered. I figured it out. She's playing two interviews at once, Sean. This is this is this is gonna be on the uh, like the blooper reel. She's got she's got to change her Twitter name to IRL Tweener to IRL Heel. Heel of what's in your boy. You all have to go to fightful.com and you know maybe I can push off push the wrestling Pritchard thing to next week. But man, I'm getting behind on these. Lindsay is shaking her head no through the window here. I see her. She's shaking her head no. What are we? What, what's airing right now? Like, are we on screen right now? We are on screen right now. We're talking. Oh, she can't hear us. Oh yeah, we we know that. We know that. Figure that out. Yeah. Okay. Lindsay said we can't hear the clip. We're like, yeah, we knew that already. <laughs> okay, I think we're good. Okay, try it one more time, Melissa. I hope people... Yeah, we'll try it one more time. And if this thing starts smoking, then we're, we're canning it. WWE's the, obviously the juggernaut. They have the broadcast rights where people are aching to pay them. We also have Ring of Honor, which is owned by a broadcast company. Man, who am I paying for training? Like who? who are trying to I don't Nigel. think you can blame him for this one. Nigel, you're fired, bud, if you're listening to this. Where do you see that going? It seemed like a few years ago... Any wrestling company that was putting consistent programming out looked like they were landing. How's your day going, Sean? Good? Kind of slowed down. Well, I think that... People hit and run people all the time, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, it just happened to be an unfortunate... Yeah, I did, because you were fucking around with your shower curtain. ...situation where I was driving you know? In retrospect, yeah, I need Nigel and Melissa. I need to put you guys into, uh, into a meeting. Uh, I guess about Nigel's back on Monday. And work with some of the younger talent and things they have. Let's, uh, let's move on. I think you can do the other clip at, uh, I'm working with their producers, their talent. Are you fucking kidding me? I had it, I had it right there already. Like, pretty soon I'm going to be like this, Sean. Is that what you want? what they're doing, I think the more it's I don't want to be like yeah but like with all due respect to Jeff Hawkins I don't like this look opportunities that you can provide for talent is it better for the whole business come on Melissa lose the clip <laughs> is it unmuted as far as broadcast going in the next few years because we do have this no don't do that don't do that stay here stay here don't take a piss don't take a piss stay here is the video on the screen right now no Okay, so we're good. So we're back to us. We're back to us, Sean. obviously the juggernaut. They have the broadcast rights where people are aching to pay them. Yeah, but is it is that delayed though, Sean? Is there is their message delayed? People like Aralucha who are trying to find something. Is the message delayed? Okay. Where do you see that going? They can't hear you. Any wrestling company I got a warning for that was putting consistent programming out looked like they were landing TV deals. Okay, do we have to end the Listen Your Boy for this week? No, oh my god. Well, I think that TV is not Nigel, going to be the end-all be-all for... If Nigel's listening, you fucked up somewhere along the way with your training, bud. We're going to have to, uh, we're gonna have to have a sit-down next week. ...product available no. on as many platforms as the way people consume. I think Mel Melissa's going to have a stroke. Their entire life on that little box in their hand. That they, yeah, they I don't even know what's going on right now. Like, are we? It's amazing to me when you walk through. Um, we, we went. All I can see is her hand in the mouse because, like, I can't. She, she's out of my view, so I don't see the hand in the mouse. But there's a lot of movement. Sitting outside with a glass of wine, looking at all. Is he calling? Is he? Around and kids and just. 
lot of people in this outdoor mall. No, we're going to leave this in here. Every one of them oh, on their phone on. doing something. Yeah. All right, we're getting Nigel on the line, everyone. Nigel's calling in now? Texting someone. Um, there was very little You had to leave the clip so or something, Melissa. If you have it. a way to reach your audience and you have to reach well, them how this they want to be reached. How did this happen? How did it get to this point? That's they want to sit down and watch TV? Mm. Great, you need it. If they are uh, living by their phone, then you got to figure out a way for them to think, stop uh, what they're proper doing. Proper preparation did product. not occur. So I think shorter snippets um, are, is going to be kind of a way to go. I don't and even know. Or, do we have dead air right uh, now, or is it uh, like what we do? And and they're still hearing funny. interviews. People say, "Oh, well, you guys do a three-hour podcast. Uh, did you?" You can hear me over the video. Why do you do that. The videos are gone. It was an accident. What video we is just, it? We just kept talking, uh, and Conrad kept digging. And I yeah, and they can't hear you, Sean. They can't hear you. It, it ended up being three hours yeah. at first. You know, we were given all the. I think we should wrap the show up for this more week. More than an hour. No. You got it. Your your podcast is guest driven. I've never had a guest. Are they? But can they see the video, or can they? The audience ate it up. Because I'm loud because you told me to change uh, the mic. That's why I'm loud. They could listen to all week. Maybe they didn't. They didn't sit down and listen to yep. it for three hours, although a lot do. But they would listen to it thirty minutes Got it. on their way to work, thirty minutes on their way okay. home. And so this, day, you know, what's fun about this is that I can then pretend uh, to repeat um, what you really didn't say. But you, you have where are you going? The trick for any promoter it's Bruce of any product is going to be how do you reach your audience. The clips are like deleted. They're not even there anymore. And as long as you can figure that out and Call Nigel. constant product and constant content, man, you'll, you'll be ahead of the game. Well, I just... Honestly, I think that you probably should have done this like three weeks ago and had him mirror Hello? you, like watch I you. I think we have Nigel on the line. Yeah. Hello? And he hung up. Wonderful. We might need to end the show. I apologize, people. I apologize for this. Sean is coming back from a urination effort. Uh, I, I just said that you said how much you love the city of Toronto and how much you're looking forward to coming here. And uh, that's about it. I said nothing but positive stuff. I may have figured it out. Let's wait until the lag is gone and they can confirm. Oh, Melissa thinks she figured it out. Yeah, we'll see. I might have also broken it even more. Since they can't hear Sean right now. Yeah. So Sean, Sean right now just said that uh, uh, anybody listening to the show still is a moron. And I'm defending them saying, no, you're not. You guys are sweethearts. They, they probably don't listen, are. Don't listen they to Sean. They probably are. Legitimately, you're not even saying some shit I'm not saying. <laughs> if you are watching this show right now, you are just a glutton for punishment. Yeah, I need to know how this happened. It worked. You were wrong, Sean. What oh, happened? Wait, wait. At what fucking point was I wrong? Because me and you are about to have the Jimmy Van, Sean Ross sap fight right now. And what just, oh, what yeah. worked? What worked? Are you about a to tell me, Melissa, buttons. that Mike Awesome had a huh? contract? Is that what comes up next? I got an, a feedback warning, and it said it automatically turned off audio. Uh-huh. And I was trying to figure out how to undo that. Is it undone? It is undone. <clears throat> Can people hear Sean now? I think so. 
Sean, well, we can got they... our stupid people segment done for the week. We are not <laughs> doing stupid people. We're not doing any transitions. Oh, uh, we are absolutely not... doing stupid people because oh. I have the. But what we're going to do is we're not going to do the video. We'll just stay Thank here. God. Yeah, we'll stay Thank here. God. Yeah, we won't oh, do the video. I'm yeah. getting fired today, aren't I? Well, I, I'm going to need to sit down with you and Nigel because I don't. Uh, I just can't have you produce again until you guys. Uh... I can produce when Nigel is gone. You're not producing. Why? Mm-mm. I produce every week on Holy Smokes. And That's cool. You keep doing that. You keep doing that. Actually, <laughs> I wanted to ask you this question. Actually, I noticed that you produce Holy Smokes because I see like the split screen and the pretty graphics. How come you don't produce the Raw post Raw show or the post SmackDown show? Because uh, the way that Google is set up, you can only set up one show like that at a time. And for the Raw SmackDown shows, it's better for our SEO if two days ahead of time I have it set up. Raw, live, full show review, yada, yada, SmackDown, all that stuff. That way, when people look for that stuff, we are higher up on the Google rankings as a result. Also, mm. there's no benefit. I mean, there's Google does all the cutting and switching, and we don't run videos during those uh, mm. But for things in which, like the conference call, I have to use Wirecast for that. But Yeah, but don't people like the split screen because they can see reactions of both of you at the same time? I mean, I guess, but... Now, can you nothing. only set up one at a time because that's, for some reason, the only tier we're on for Wirecast, or is that all Wirecast no, no, can do? No, that's all YouTube and Google. Oh, it's all the... Okay, okay, okay. Uh. Yes. So like, where are we now? Are we still are we still on the show? Like, are we still doing this? Or uh... yeah, we still exist. We are on air right now. Can people hear Man. you? Yes. Yeah. They can, can hear you. Me? Should we move on? Keep keep in mind, Melissa had the balls the balls after that to come in and say, "See, I was right, Sean. You were wrong." <laughs> About what? About I will never stop saying that. What? So should we move on? <laughs> It's, My uh, have a contract. Waffles are better than pancakes. It is contract tampering, and Melissa can't produce. <laughs> Come on. Technically, it was contract tampering. Technically. Come on. Legally, WWE wouldn't care, but technically, it I was. hope I am presented with a championship belt of the just featuring the country of Canada because I feel like that's I what you, I think they exist. No, I've seen they one like do. that before. I mean, yeah. Lance Storm made a couple, but I think yeah. he used stickers. Yeah. Day. Yeah, yeah. I think that you can purchase like a Canadian heavyweight championship. How did we not lose viewers? I, you know, a couple months ago, you mentioned that if I got concept art for a Fightful championship, you would have it made. Yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to get that made up. Still trying to find something. We'll consider so. it. Yeah, we'll consider it. Should, should, we, should we move on to the next topic? Like, do you want to move yeah, on? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> How about, should we go to Stupid People now because then that will yeah. kind of break things up and then we can go back to wrestling news? Yes. You want to do that? Let's do that. So, uh, and don't do, the, don't do the Stupid People video, Melissa. All right, guys. Okay, it. we're going to stay right here this week. This is the, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of when WWE lost power and they, yeah, and they, oh. they were all in a studio for three hours. That's kind of what it reminded me of. Do you remember? So, was that, you mean the Beware of Dog show? No, remember, it, it, maybe it wasn't the power, maybe it was the snowstorm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a couple, 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 couple years winters ago. Winters ago, yeah. yeah. And they're yeah, all stuck they in a studio. Yeah. The power did go out of Beware of Dog. And- this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They had to run back a couple matches. Yeah. yeah. later. So it'll be just like that. Oh, you know what? Okay, here we go. I thought I didn't have stupid people printed out. Oh, boy. Are you going to be able to put up the video? I had a video no, to go with one of these. God, don't do anything. Don't hit the go button for any reason. Please. All right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of... Let me try to add it No, once. please don't. <coughs> okay, it's going to make it not as funny, but I guess this is how it's got to be for today. So, uh... Stupid People News, TrevorStrong.org. Thank you for the usage of the stupid song. What's that? That we didn't even hear. Yeah, you're right. Why did I even say it this week? You're right. Why did I even say it? So this first one. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. Thank you, Sean Rossap, for this beautiful rendition. You might find some meaning. Then you would be wrong. So this is reported by the Tampa Bay Times on June 8th. Uh, you might find this one interesting, Sean. Okay. For about a one-year period, from February 2016 until March of 2017, the state of Florida didn't do any national background checks on tens of thousands of applications for concealed weapons permits, which meant that they potentially allowed people with criminal records or a history of mental illness to carry firearms in public. Why do you think that the Florida government didn't do these background checks? Uh, laziness, uh, because, you know, without getting into things, the NRA has the government in their pockets. Uh, you know, a lot of, lot of reasons. Um, so the reason is because there was one person in charge of the checks for the state, and they uh, couldn't log into the system. Ooh. And you remember, you remember the, the cartoon where Bugs Bunny sawed off the state of Florida and it floated away? Kind of vaguely, sort of. Yeah, that's how I feel. Well, so it turned out that they use an FBI database called the National Instant Criminal Background Check System. The employee, they actually printed her name in the Tampa Bay Times. Her name is Lisa Wild. And apparently she reported one time in April of 2016 that her login wasn't working. Uh, but she never followed up again, and she never tried to log in again for a year. She uh, was interviewed by the Times. She said they were overwhelmed by the number of applications, and she was under pressure to quickly approve them. Oh God! So it was literally like uh, it was like Bruce Almighty when yes. he was sick of it, so he got the computer and just said yes to everything, and like a thousand people won the lottery. That's basically what it was. Yeah, that's <coughs> a pretty good comparison. There's Man. the damn tickle again. Got the tickle again. This next one, reported by the Boston Globe on, Globe on June seven. I had a video to go with this, and it was going to be the perfect video, um, but we're going to have to just kind of go without it this week. Is that the interview? Yeah, please. Yeah, it's the interview. I can give it a shot. I don't know oh, if I no, want you to do don't. that. I don't know if I want you to do that. <laughs> please don't. Maybe I'll let her have one chance, but not. don't no, do it yet. Not till I'm ready. God. Not till I'm ready. I'm going to give her one chance. No, please All right? Don't. But I'm going to tell you the story first, Sean. Oh, my God. A 23-year-old man named Fo- Foshin Fitz. Apparently, that's how you spell his name or pronounce his name. 
He was charged with motor vehicle homicide last week in the hit-and-run death of an 80-year-old man named Theodore J. Schwab. All right? They had dash cam video evidence that identified the vehicle as registered to Fitz's mom, and they thought that they could recognize Fitz as the driver on the surveillance footage, but they weren't 100% sure. <coughs> they showed up at the home of the vehicle, the registered vehicle, saw the vehicle was there with damage to it, uh, went in, talked to the mom. She acknowledged that the son had been driving the car, got him, brought him to the police station, started questioning him. His attorney called the police, said to him, don't say anything until I'm there, right? They didn't yeah. have enough uh, evidence to arrest him based on limited questioning, so they had to let him go pending an investigation. Get this, Sean, and this is what the video's for. Should I, should I, should I just say it, Melissa, or do you want to play please the video? Please say it. Please yeah, say, just it. Go say it. I'm just going to say it. He leaves the police station still wearing, like, the white jumpsuit oh. that they put you in, right? Mm-hmm. And as he's leaving, Fox 25 Boston News is out there. Now, keep in mind, <coughs> the stickle in my throat's killing me. I might need you to get me some water, Melissa. Oh, got it. Keep in mind, he had just told the police nothing because his attorney said, don't tell him anything, right? Yeah, they're, they're asking you questions. They need to know something. Yes. Oh, Fox Frank. 25 News asked him for comment, and in a live interview on Fox 25 News, he acknowledges that he hit the guy. <sighs> and he said, honestly, this is what he said. He said, uh, hit and runs happen all the time. Didn't mean to do it. Was listening to music. Might have been going a little bit too fast. And I hit the guy. The police saw the interview on the live news, went to his house, arrested him, uh, and so he got arrested for motor vehicle homicide. Isn't that amazing? God damn. Can you imagine? God damn. Still wearing the white prison thing that they give you when you're So in... he, he didn't even change before he got arrested again? Well, I don't know about that part, but he did well, that the interview. That would have been handy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Melissa he did the... trying to get those brownie points after screwing up our show. <laughs> This last one, now get this, Sean. I have two SRS file stories this week. Oh. One for regular stupid people and one for stupid people extender for FIFO Select, so long as we can do it and record it properly. <laughs> that we're gonna then we're gonna have one for stupid people select and one for, for now. And this is a good one. So this is for the SRS file reported by the Miami Herald on June twelfth. This is also a good one, Sean. And I kinda wonder if you would have done this in the same situation. Oh, okay. 34-year-old man named Rashim Drummond at Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, met a girl online. Okay? Okay. Uh, they go out for dinner or whatever, go back to his apartment. She's sitting in the car. He said, wait here a minute. I'll be back. Goes into his apartment, comes out with a gun, robs her. Right? Takes her cell phone and her cash. As he's going back to his apartment, she chases after him. So he turns around and he pistol whips her in the head with his gun. She calls police. Police show up. She said, he's in there, his apartment. They go in, there he is, her cell phone's in the trash can, so he gets arrested, right? And they they arrested him for uh, robbery and carrying a firearm without a license. The pretrial comes. Oh, boy. Man's got to go before the judge and face the charges. And he hands an envelope to the Pennsylvania District Attorney General. And the PA District Attorney General assumes, okay, he's got a pretrial letter from his attorney. Opens up the letter, or opens up the envelope, it's full of his shit. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to him? This is the best part, Sean. This is the best part. 
Apparently in the state of Pennsylvania, I wonder if you knew this, in the state of Pennsylvania, it's illegal for an inmate, and he was technically an inmate because he was arrested, you know, pending trial. It's illegal for an inmate to cause or attempt to cause another individual to come into contact with bodily fluids or feces. That means that he was convicted of uh, not only uh, robbery and carrying a firearm without a license, but he was also convicted on charges for aggravated harassment by a prisoner. Wow. Yep. They got him. Mm -hmm. They got him. It's a good thing they didn't send it to Matt Riddle, who's close, because he is the shit-eating wild man of professional wrestling. Well, there you go. That's what happened. So since we're so far off the mark today, because it's already 4 o'clock, and I've got like a lot of wrestling stuff left, I'm going to well, try... We don't have an interview segment. In... Yeah, but we're not going to play the interview segment, so I guess we're going to save five don't. minutes. Okay, okay. So let's talk now, because I'm, I'm going to have to uh, condense things a little bit. Let's talk about New Japan Dominion. Yeah. So... I had a tweet from Chris Jericho. I don't think I want you to put it up anymore, Melissa. We'll just kind of keep it here. But uh, he, I, it wasn't a tweet. It was a picture of Jericho's look at New Japan I Dominion. It. I can put it up. It's just audio. I'm having issues with Okay, so you can put up the picture? Yeah. Okay, put up the picture. Put up the picture. <coughs> this is Chris Jericho at New Japan Dominion for anybody that uh, didn't see the show. And I wanted to give him credit because he continues to find ways to reinvent himself over and over and over again. That was the look that he used uh, at that show. He had the little hat going, and he had the paint over and, and, and below the eyes and the lipstick and all that kind of stuff. Um, so Jericho defeated Tetsuya Naido for the IWGP Intercontinental title. My first question for you, Sean, was it a no-DQ match? The Jericho-Naido thing? They don't do a lot of <coughs> DQs there. Like, they don't. For, for better or for worse, they just don't do a lot of DQs anyway. But um, wasn't Omega-Jericho technically no-DQ? Like it was, no, it was a no-DQ match? think so because when i saw that match and i understand what you're saying about they don't do a lot of dqs i didn't like the finish really uh because uh jericho blatantly shoved the referee like threw him down then he low blowed naido then he hit the code breaker then the referee that he just shoved down countered the pin and i just watched that thinking eh, if it was an ODQ match fine otherwise i thought it was a little bit weak they, but, they just don't yeah they just don't disqualify people like really ever. anything there yeah, yeah. It's a spirit of competition. I love the match. I, I loved Omega Okada, too. Uh, it's listed as going an hour and four minutes, but it was really closer to an hour and nine minutes, hour and ten minutes, because they had two-minute two minute breaks in between. That was a hell of a way to spend my – I think I woke up early Saturday and started to watch it. That was a good way to spend my Saturday mornings. I watched those two matches first, and that was fun. So I saw Okada Omega this morning. I watched most of it. Uh, and I got to say, and we've talked about it before, Omega is he's something else, Omega. Yes, he is. Uh, and I know that there have been comparisons between him and Jericho, you know, not just because they're from Winnipeg, but because of his style and all that. But watching the fight with uh, Okada, to me, he was he reminded me more of a Shawn Michaels because mm -hmm. he they started off the match. For anybody that hasn't seen the match, they started it off with scientific wrestling because they wanted to show that mutual respect. And then it picked up after that. Omega never looked out of place. Didn't matter if he was doing um, mat wrestling, scientific wrestling. Didn't matter if he was doing dives to the floor. Didn't matter if he was doing a slugfest. He never looked out of place doing anything that he did. Everything looked crisp. He's really fast. Like he yes, can, he is. He does things so quickly. <coughs> I have this tickle in my throat. Good God, Jimmy. It's been weeks. I can't get rid of it, man. Meanwhile, you're telling me, oh, my gosh, you're in chronic pain. You've got a cough. You're going to die randomly one day. Go get checked out. Hey, buddy. 
it costs a lot of money here. Yeah, but it's it's a tickle, and that's what makes me cough. I, tickle cancer. <laughs> hope you don't have it. Is that what it is? Tickle cancer? I hope, I hope not. Okay. But anyway, I thought the match was a, was a really good match. It was fast, hard-hitting, lots of aerial moves. A couple of times, uh, they did a spot where it looked like Omega was going to kill himself. They did a tombstone on the apron. Uh, there was one spot where Omega was standing on the apron and Okada gave him a uh, drop kick and he went flying off. And they only have those little thin metal barriers our, at our ringside. Our way low. Really? Mm-hmm. I haven't changed anything. No shit, but you <coughs> Bump the tweet, didn't you? When you muted Sean, did you turn it up high enough afterwards? For your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go down. As one of the greatest episodes of the show. Can you imagine if there's anybody new to the show because they heard the Corey Graves interview? They'll never watch it again. They'll never watch it again. And we're, we are doing good numbers right now. Right. Because, probably because of the Corey Graves show, potentially. And now they're going to come and never do. Melissa or <laughs> Nigel, we're having words on Monday, Nigel, with Melissa. We're having a meeting. <laughs> Melissa, you're going to have to learn. <clears throat> you're going to fight. Yep. That's probably for the best because I can't get rid of this tickle in my throat anyway. Let me ask you this question, Sean. I'm gonna, I I'm gonna. They can hear me just fine. It's. Uh, they I can't hear me. Who knows? Who knows? I can't see the chat, so you have to ask people like who, mm-hmm. who are you having trouble with on the volume? Turn up the snare in my headphones. I need more snare. I can hear me just fine. I can hear you just fine. Yeah. I can. I can hear me just fine on on the replay. But they're saying that both are low. But, and and now people are saying SRS low, Jimmy is okay. This is a botch. So, Sean, you need to sit Too right against the microphone, man. I'm convinced Too they're trolling us. Sit right against them. Yeah, they might be just fucking with us. No, Sean. they're not, not. They could not coordinate a troll that well. I know my viewers. <laughs> oh, you think so? All due respect. What are you viewers. saying about your viewers, Sean? I'm saying that they're not such dickheads that they would coordinate <laughs> a troll. I am you never know. This could be a great opportunity for them. You know. You know what? I'm going to take advantage of this time, Sean, because this is a complete fuckery of a show. So I'm going to I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to take advantage of this time, and I'm going to ask you a question, and I want the people in the chat to answer. So when I was unpacking at my new house, I came across stuff that's been packed for so long that I forgot I had it. One of the things that I came across was a whole bunch of unopened WWF DVDs. Yeah. So back when I had my old site, JimmyVan.com. The Canadian distributor, and I don't remember who they are, who they were anymore, but the Canadian distributor used to send me the DVD every month. Lindsay's, yeah. Lindsay's looking in the window again. What? <coughs> Lindsay, run in. Just come on in, Lindsay. Yeah, I know. We're all reading the chat. <laughs> oh, I know. It's that when you put up that image, that's when his audio went yeah, way yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. Wow. My, my audio went way down? It sounds like he's Really? Yeah. Everyone's saying it's Sean. No, both of them are very low, but... His was super clear before, and then when you came back, it was. Wait, are you on a delay? <laughs> oh yeah, I am clearly on a delay. Huh? I'm on a delay. Ah, okay. uh, so the audio's down for everybody. All right. You know what? Let's just let's just get a cameo. Come here, Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> like at least we can do this. At the very least, you all can you all can see my cat for once. Oh, this is. No oh, I see him. Is that the one that doesn't have a tail? Yeah, it is. Okay, okay. I see. I thought you don't allow them in there. How do you get in there? Well, earlier when Melissa... Oh, when you went to take a piss. For everyone, I oh. left, I urinated. Uh-huh. As I say, because I have manners. 
Jimmy. I actually said while you were gone, Sean uh, is about to attempt a urination. I think that's what I said. So what I'm going to do for this podcast... Is my audio back up? I will likely isolate just the Corey Graves thing and put it out there and put the non-fucked-up edition of List Your Boy out there. Mm -hmm. This will be a YouTube exclusive. Our audio version of this show will be like a half hour this week. Yeah, really? I definitely want to keep this up. We're going to keep this up for sure. Oh, look at that. Oh, he's meowing, Sean. He's oh, not happy. No. Why are you he's not, oh, he's not happy, more? man. He's not happy. Oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't look it. Looks like okay. He's happy to me. Yeah, he seems pretty cool now. Okay, okay, commenters, when this syncs up, let me know. Oh, look at Sean. that. Oh, he's trying to oh. eat your earbuds, buddy. <laughs> there you go. Fun fact, one time he got kidney stones the day of WrestleMania, and we had to have him have emergency surgery that night, so that was busy. Oh, so you didn't tell him you have to hold off till the main event? Oh, he was about to die. Oh, that's not good. You don't want that. Bro, what are you doing? He's going on your shoulders, man. He's too big. He's, He's giving it a big. shot. Oh, look at that. Look at this. Melissa, we got to take still images of this. I'm going to use this. We got to take still images. Oh, man. Sean you... sounds good. Does he? Apparently, one person said that. And how am I? Yeah, but that's a troll. Oh, that's, that's the troll. troll. Like, the things I do to entertain the Fightful Faithful. <laughs> okay, I want to get in a couple more wrestling things because we need to have enough content even for the edited version of this. So let's get in a couple more uh, wrestling-related things. I want to ask you about this. All In um, might be leading to more indie ambition, Sean. The Baltimore Business Journal reported on June 12 that Sinclair is looking at doing a show at MSG next year. My mic is still quiet. Is it? I think I broke Sean. How did it's we go good, from last week to this I, week? It's a good thing I run 30 shows a month for this site on my own because if I had to deal with other people. I don't know how we got to this level. Everything was fine last week. Like, how did you get to this? And apparently, Jimmy's mic completely off. This is. Fantastic. My mic's out. What? That's what they say. Lindsay, get back here. No. Yes. It'll take a minute for her to hear this, probably, but. Hey, Lindsay, get back here. You can hear me? At this rate, yeah, we're just. Like, it sounds like you're in a box. Like, it's. Low. It sounds like I'm in a. Well, I am in a box. This, me- this is a small media room. Just low? We can hear Why both of you. It's fine. They're just trolling. There's a black screen now? There's a black screen now. Yeah, hold on. How did it get to this point? How did it get to this point? We go off the air. I think we need to go off the air. No, no. And we just faded to black. We're good, we're good, we're good. I was turning something off. What happened, Melissa? Everything happened, Jimmy. We're back on the air now, (laughs) I think. And we're live. (laughs) Man. So is it actually fixed? I cannot tell who is screwing no, with me. it's probably never going to be fixed. Hey, everybody, party's over. Melissa fucked it up for everybody. <laughs> so just go home. <sighs> the commenters are asking where Nigel is. This yeah. is by far the most engagement we've ever had on a show. Is it? So that was my plan all along, Sean. Yeah, that was the SEO lord. <laughs> Plan all along. So, uh, do you think Ring of Honor is going to run MSG, Sean? Yeah, I do. You do? I do. I think they'll do it just to do it, just to say they did type of thing, because they got a lot of money and they can. 
They and they do have good funding. You're right. You're right. Let me let me let me just run this by you. So I actually did a little bit of research, which is why I'd like to be able to get this in, even though the show's completely fucked. So uh, the Sears Center Arena in Chicago that All In is going to be running. Yes. Ticket prices started at twenty eight bucks. Most seats were fifty three. The uh, the back rows of ringside one hundred three, second row of ringside one hundred twenty eight, and front row ringside one hundred fifty three. That's for the All In show. Okay. WWE's upcoming show at MSG on July seven. Tickets start at 31 which is comparable to All-In's lowest price, but most seats go up to 61 again, relatively comparable, where things start to get quite a bit higher as floor seats. And obviously at MSG, there's a lot more floor seats. Floor seats go from anywhere from 106 to 300 bucks, and then they have merch packages for 399 and VIP experience packages for, for 640 which are all way more expensive than All-In. Here's my question for you. Um... If Ring of Honor was to run uh, MSG, not only do they have the cost of the building, which is obviously way more than the Sears Center Arena in Chicago, it's not even on the same level in terms of uh, rental costs, the ticket prices, especially for floor seats, is way higher. Do you think that wrestling fans, uh, because they'd have to tap into the casual market to a degree, I think, to get 15,000 people at MSG, do you think that those wrestling fans would be willing to pay 100 low-end, 300 high-end, maybe 600 high-end, for floor seats for MSG, for Ring of Honor? Not for Ring of Honor. No, not for Ring of Honor. All in? Perhaps. There's a little more brand confidence, and I think there's more goodwill built from the all in people than Ring of Honor. You think because that Ring of All in fans would spend $600 for a, for a package? Maybe. Yeah. Really? Maybe. I mean, they, they paid it for StarCast and all that shit, didn't they? They're, they're paying a lot of money to go to StarCast and All In. There's a lot of people that are doing that. What's the cost for StarCast? You mean, what's the cost for that, StarCast? I don't know. I'd have to look. Okay. Okay. Because I thought the average ticket price for All In was like 50 bucks. I thought. Yeah, the, the All In tickets were very reasonable. Yeah. Very, very reasonable. But the average. But wasn't the average I, like 50 I think, bucks? I think they could get people to uh, pay a little bit more for something like an MSG. You think you could get them like up to three hundred dollars for for floor seats? You think for front row, maybe not floor seats. Okay. Hmm. And you think they'd pay that for all in? Really? Yes. yes Interesting. I do. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll see. Did you uh, did you hear that WWE is promoting uh, an upcoming appearance by Omega and the Bucks? Yeah, tomorrow actually. Tomorrow. And the funny thing is. Um, <laughs> That New Day filmed their segment last week for this week's SmackDown. Because of that? Because they're, because they're yeah, on the because road? because they're at E3. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're doing this on June 13. At least we attempted to do this on June 13. And uh, tomorrow, June 14, yeah, the E3 Gaming Conference in LA. Xavier Woods is actually going to stream it live on his Instagram account, uh, the Up, Up, Down, Down Instagram account at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. The, the New Day versus Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in a Street Fighter Five. Uh, showdown so yeah and then then after that me and melissa are going to fist fight <laughs> in the media room. Uh, this might have saved your man bun i might have to not cut it off well let me wow wow i was being nice before there ain't a goddamn person in that office that can out wrestle me to cut this man bun off <laughs> especially you melissa i'll let you have this one again I put the price tag up there, and because of Melissa, the price tag to cut my hair has increased. To what? $15,000. American! American! Can I ask you a question, Sean? 
What if when you're in Toronto, okay, what if I brought the same clippers that I use to do this little job on my head here? What if I brought those clippers to the Toronto Blue Jays game and I had an envelope with 15,000 US dollars in it and I said to you, this is yours, but only if I do to you what I've done here to myself? I would really consider it. Would I you? Would consider it. I love my hair, though. So. I would like people in the chat uh, or on YouTube comments to tell me, do you think that I should consider getting 15,000 US dollars, bringing my Clippers to the Toronto Blue Jays game, and live streaming Sean Ross Sapp getting his head shaved like this for 15,000 US dollars? You probably should. You probably should. But uh, I would expect that envelope to actually be filled with good old Pennsylvanian shit. Oh, it'd be good old Toronto Blue Jay hot dog shit, Sean. Hot dog shit. Ugh. <laughs> Here in Cincinnati, you really got to pick and choose where you get your hot dogs at at the stadium. Because uh-huh. if you get the the concession hot dog, it's shit. But if you go to Gold Star, the Gold Star they have within it, it's pretty good. Uh, problem Ooh, is, guys, you're, you're, you're spoiled when we do the Jays things. You get lobster rolls and shit. I've never eaten lobster in my life. What? What? I've never eaten lobster in my life. I tried. And I'm the one that fucked up, really? Your, your <laughs> team had me try oysters for the first time when we went out for dinner on your time after the show. How have you never had lobster before? It's just not my thing. I eat I eat salmon and tuna, and that's really about. What about it. like lo, like eat like low end lo, like red lobster? Have you ever no, had like low I, I've end? I've actually never been to Red Lobster. I'm going to take care of. Probably, honestly, I'll probably take her right before we fly out from. Or yeah, Red Lobster's Toronto. low win. It's not the good stuff. Well, I mean, it's we're just looking for somewhere to eat before we fly out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You've never had lobster. You know what I might have to do? We're not exactly near any oceans or anything. No, but they they fly that stuff in or whatever. Like you, you can go to a decent seafood restaurant. I'm sure in uh, Lexington or Cincinnati. Can no? I on my pay, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> you hear this? Like, okay. Wrestling. What's the point? And when you when you come to Toronto, I'm gonna have to figure out what night to do they, this. They you, are mad at you calling Red Lobster low end. It is low end. Come on, people. Come low on. end? Not everyone is a fucking millionaire. Okay. Anybody can go to a seafood restaurant and get good lobster and not pay a hundred dollars for it. Seriously. Red Lobster's low end. It's not the same Joyce thing. Farley does say, Sean, there's enough lakes in Kentucky you can get catfish. Yeah, I mean, with the right trajectory from here, I could piss over the Ohio River or just piss in it, which is what most of the residents do, which is why it's disgusting. But uh, fortunately, all that shit floats up to Portsmouth, Ohio, the real toilet seat of America. But Wow. This is just a lot of information. It, it's bad. But yeah, uh, as Pat just pointed out, lobster's like 50 pounds. Fifty dollars a pound in a nice Lexington restaurant. So, yeah, fifty bucks is probably about right for like a good a good lobster dinner. Yeah, yeah it's probably well, about right. My, my wife ain't working this fall, Jimmy. Mm. So lobsters off the menu. I think you know what? You can price. even. So, have you heard of the keg? It's a Canadian chain. Have you heard of the keg? No. Okay, so the keg is a it's a it's a bar and grill type chain in in Canada, and they do a decent steak and all that. It's all right. When you go to Niagara Falls. And since Ni- since you said you go to Niagara every weekend, Melissa, you're probably familiar. Mm-hmm. Niagara Falls has a keg uh, right around the, the, the where the water is and where the casino is and everything. It's not the greatest keg because it's a very high-volume touristy keg. But they have surf and turf on the menu. Surf and turf is lobster mm-hmm. st- and steak. 
And when you and your wife go to Niagara Falls on, I believe, the Friday night, I am uh, hooking you up with dinner at the keg, and you're having lobster, my friend. Ooh, okay, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it. Now, Pat again, it's lo- not the greatest, but it's better than red lobster. Mm-hmm. Pat says lobsters are water bugs, I believe. It. <laughs> Pat's going to take in an Aerolucha event suit in Nashville. Good. Uh, I want you to ask for Jason Brown and tell him, where's my fucking mask? And we need to <laughs> talk to Jason Brown and say, hey, uh, hook one of the owners. I mean, Pat's a member of Fightful. He's an owner. Right. Hook him up with an interview. At the very, are you kidding? At the very least, we should be in a booking meeting. Yeah. At the very least. I would love to see Pat book that. That would be great. Yeah, you should. You should. I want to ask a couple more wrestling-related things since this is supposed to be a wrestling podcast. But Uh, we haven't lost any viewers. Prior prior to my meeting with Nigel and Melissa on Monday. (laughs) So uh, I want to ask, uh, you were suggesting that the Natalia thing could be a ruse with the injury. Because they uh, iced the wrong knee. Or they, when they showed the clip from last week, it was the wrong knee that was iced versus taped, right? And I want you, I want uh, Melissa to attempt to put up this photo. This is the Natalia photo. Oh, this is a risky one. Is this the uh, bandage? Yes. Got it. Yeah. All right. So I agree with you, Sean. I think whether it was accidental or not, I think the Natalia injury is bullshit. Like, I think it's storyline. I have never... Is the image up? It is up, yeah. So this oh, was from boy. this was from Raw on Monday. And have you ever, Sean, seen a talent put the tape over their tights? Have no. you seen that? No, it's pointless. Yes, it's pointless. So they had her... Not only did they have her put the tape over her tights, she probably ruined those tights. Probably, oh, yeah. Right? And so when I saw the tape around the tights, and then when you pointed out that last week she was icing the other knee... I saw that and I thought to myself, at Money in the Bank, Ronda Rousey's going to beat Nia Jax for the women's title. Uh, and if she doesn't, they're really fucking up because she's going in the UFC Hall of Fame. you got to take advantage of this publicity. Ronda Rousey's going to beat Nia Jax for the women's title. Natalia is going to be the surprise winner of Money in the Bank. And Natalia then is going to turn on Ronda Rousey. The knee injury is going to be bullshit and she's going to attempt to cash in. She's not going to win. But well, she's going to attempt to cash in and uh, and go for that title, and that's my expectation. I think, I think it's a hell of a way to build Ronda Rousey, have her beat Nia Jax, and then have her beat Natalia. And not only that, but it's a good it's good training for her because Natalia's great at that, right? Yes. Even though I'm I'm not crazy about Natalia as a character, and I'm a little bit tired of her, and she's 37 yeah. and get rid of the cat ears and all that. But uh, she's a perfect training partner, and it's a great story because from the time that Ronda came in, they've been telling the story about how they're friends and stuff. So and I, I also think that what they'll do if Natalia does win money in the bank, she's not gonna turn immediately. She's gonna sure. you know, in a friendly way suggest kind of yeah. thing. But then she will absolutely turn on her. So be I fun. Think so could even I be SummerSlam. That, be that could be SummerSlam. People are suggesting I have Nigel and Melissa on the members only podcast to explain all this. I did have Nigel on the members only podcast. I have Alex Anderson on there this month. Maybe when I'm in Toronto, I can swing by the office and film a members only podcast. And have them explain themselves. Uh, I'll tell you what. You can have them uh, for members-only podcast after we have a meeting on Monday. You know, the irony is, if we had a members-only podcast, nobody would see it because they would fuck it up. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we're going to stress Melissa out to the point that she's going to like have a heart attack. Yeah. You know? That's just my I, natural I state of being, though. That's I don't okay. think she'll understand the entertainment aspect of this. She'll think that <laughs> she'll, she she's going to go home and she'll probably start training for a fight, thinking I was serious. I think that if she trains, she'd give you a go. She might. She yeah, she could be a tough chick. I see it on her face. What's what's the remember the guy from King of the Ring? 
What do you think she weighs? <laughs> that guy, <laughs> the, the NFL guy that they had. Everybody, what do you think that guy weighs? So, uh, I guess we'll talk about Money in the Bank. Uh, let's just do the winners real quick, Sean. Let's just do real quick. So, Styles Nakamura. Nakamura. Agreed. Nia Jax, Ronda Rousey. Rousey. We're, we're so far, Sean, you and me so far. Daniel Bryan, Big Cass. Big Cass. I'm so sick of the height references, Sean. I'm so sick of it. I, I saw the thing, you know, on SmackDown. He said I was at the fair doing a doing appearance, and I stole the, you know, you must be this tall. I am so sick of them booking an entire program around the fact that he's seven feet tall and Daniel Bryan isn't. I'm so tired of it. Did he but get I, cotton candy when he was there? Uh, well, apparently he's got his money and left. Did he watch the Demolition Derby there? Do they still do that? They sure as hell do here. Okay. Friggin' practically a holiday here. All right, but I agree. I think I think they cast Roman Gender seriously. Roman. I would love to definitely. see Gender win just to surprise everybody. Uh, Seth Rollins, Elias. Elias. I think so too. And I, I said I pitched this on the Raw and SmackDown show. I don't think they'll do it, but I legitimately think Elias should break Honky Tonk Man's record, and I think that would be almost poetic if he did. I think that if they would actually give him a shot as a babyface, he'd be bigger than he is. If they would I give him a shot, I think he'd be huge. And the thing about him is. You can really extend that run because he does not have to wrestle to have a pay-per-view moment. That's right. That's right. He's he's gotten so good. I I definitely think he's going to win. And uh, I think with Rollins, there's been a lot of speculation that he's going to be Brock's next challenger. And uh, SummerSlam is potentially the target. And you got to get the IC title off him if they're going to go in that direction. So I I think Elias is going to win. Carmella, Oscar. Oscar, I don't know how you could. I mean, I think Oscar will win. I just. I don't. I'm not convinced Carmella will lose the title. Yes. But man, I don't think you can have Carmella pin Oscar clean. If you do, you are you are cashing out on a sure thing to cash in on something, hoping that it is. Yeah, they won't do something. it clean. Now there, there's speculation that they're going to have Ellsworth do a run in, do a surprise run in. I can see that. He, I can see he's them doing in China. That. Is he? Yeah, he said, even said he's in China. He posted the picture for what of a, a wrestling event. They booked him in China? Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. What well, that's what he says, at least. There's a website of it, too. All right. I mean, Ronda Rousey was where before? Uh, before What show was that that she I was on the Royal Rumble? If Ellsworth gets that treatment. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Well, if, China. if he's back in the U.S. by Sunday, I could see him doing a run-in. So, uh, Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn. Lashley. Yeah, please end it. Please end it. Bludgeon Brothers, Gallows Anderson. Bludgeon Brothers, although I love... Anderson Gallows' baby faces. Doesn't it feel like a lot of these matches, the outcome is pretty obvious? Yep. Feels like it, right? That's how crappy and uncreative some of this stuff has been. The men's money in the bank. Oh, God, I think Bobby Roode's going to win. Bobby Roode. Yeah, I think he needs it the most. And that's what they do. So I think Kevin Owens, because I think it'd, t- it'd be more entertaining with Kevin Owens. Imagine him, the teases he would do would with that, that thing. Yeah, like I'd he'd be that. really I good. Would, I want New Day to win it and then Freebird it for six to eight months and right. just have some funny TV out of it. And right. then maybe eventually it leads. If you want to lead to a fracture, then one of them becoming selfish would be a nice way to do it. However, I, I would love them Freebirding it. So. Right, right. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, and then we talked about the women's one. I think Natalia. Who do you think? I think Natalia or Sasha Banks. Or Sasha Banks. 
Okay. Yeah, I've, I've changed my prediction on that every day this week, so who knows? Oh, yeah? Okay. Now, I know NXT TakeOver is on Saturday, uh, and I'm a little behind, admittedly, on watching NXT on a weekly basis, but i got to say, I'm very much looking forward to Ricochet, uh, Velveteen Dream. Really looking forward to that one. Oh, me too. I can't wait for that. That'd I'm be a good matchup. For it. I think Ricochet's going to win. Oh, he's got to. He's got to win. Velveteen Dream doesn't get hurt by a loss at all. He's great. I heard Ricochet was uh, injured. No, he's not. He tweaked his shoulder a little bit. He's fine. They kept him out for precautionary. Okay, reasons. so he's all right. Yeah, he's fine. Um, I was going to talk about your favorite wrestler and rapper, Real One, Enzo Why? Amore. <laughs> well, because I had I had heard that he was uh, booked for a wrestling show on Friday, August 17, in Jamaica, New York. But now apparently that's not true. Yeah, his attorney is saying that uh, it's not. So, hmm. yes, it's not. At that's least odd. as of now. That's odd. I wonder if it's because the promotional poster in parentheses under Real One, they put Enzo Amore. I think they put formerly known as Enzo Amore, which I think they're allowed to do. Mm. They're, I think they're allowed to put formerly known as, but, okay. but I'm not sure. Mm. So I, I mentioned to you that I was going to bring up, and, and you all can see this for yourselves by subscribing to FightfulSelect.com, but on this week's Raw production script that I got a hold of, it had pretty specific instructions for commentary, <laughs> and they had voiceover notes that Alexa Bliss demand demanded to have an entrance this week and there was there were VTR voiceovers that they specifically had like patience is a virtue for some but not for Jinder Mahal the modern day Maharaja laid down a challenge for a match on social media and Roman Reigns accepted money in the bank comes early when the modern day Maharaja steps into the big dog's yard tonight Mm. word for word yeah another one what started as a friendly challenge has escalated in attention and intensity Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey come face-to-face just days prior to one of the biggest matches in the history of the WWE Raw Women's Championship tonight. Mm-hmm. I better not do that too good. I might get a call. But, mm-hmm. yeah, those are completely I fed, completely. I couldn't help but notice sure. last week on Raw when it was Nia and Natalia, and Nia won, and then Nia's making like she wants to help Natalia. Ronda runs in. Ronda does a big stare down with Nia, tells Nia to back off. And then they announce at the end of the show, next week, Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax are going to be in the ring together, face-to-face. And I thought to myself, they just did that an hour ago. An hour ago, they were in the ring face-to-face. You know what I mean? Like, there is a lot of sloppiness like that. But there was some good stuff on TV this week, too. But there there is still some creative sloppiness. I just want to say shout-out to our boys at OMG Butter, who sent me a picture of OMG <laughs> with Niagara Falls in the background of <laughs> a shot that they took. It's fantastic. I love that. So I'll oh, ask man. you I'll ask you one more thing. Uh, MMA Media Mania reported on June eleven that the UFC is actively working. That's a quote, actively working on putting together Brock Lesnar versus John Jones in December. Uh when is Brock supposed to re-enter the USADA pool ahead of a fight? Like six, seven months. Meaning, and has he re-entered that we know of? No, he has not. Now, is it possible he has and it just hasn't become public yet? The only way that it would have and it hasn't been public yet is if he uh, entered and hasn't been tested. If he were tested this week, it wouldn't be in there. It's, it's updated a week after their test. Uh, okay. Like, you, you get that info. 
Okay. And obviously somebody would have reported on it by now. Oh, yeah. I checked that thing every two days. Okay. Okay. So that means that he is not probably going to be ready for December then. Correct. And a lot of people say, oh, well, they can make an exception for him like they did last time. No, that's not what happened. Brock Lesnar was out of the UFC before USADA came in. Mm -hmm. They can't hold him contractually to something like that that he never agreed to. Mm -hmm. However, since he came back, he did agree to it. If a Chuck Liddell were to come back, mm -hmm. they would also not be able to hold him contractually. He never left the pool. There was no pool for him to enter. Yeah. So yeah. Now, there's also the John Jones thing where it's not even for certain yet that he's not going to get banned for a couple of years. Correct. I mean, we he's been it's been a year almost now, but he might face another full year. He might face another couple he years. Might, he might face a couple years. You never it's hard to say what they'll do. Yeah. Okay. So does that mean that this is just pure bullshit? Yeah, I think so. All right. I mean, John Jones is talking it up. Yeah. Now, if the fight were to happen, and we've talked about it before, if the fight were to happen, I think it'd be a bad day at the office for Brock Lesnar. So here's my question for you. Before the Brock Lesnar-Mark Hunt fight, my belief was Vince McMahon agreed to it because he doesn't know shit about MMA, and he probably saw Mark Hunt's stats, mm -hmm. and probably saw his height and his age, and his probably saw a picture of him, and probably saw his win-loss record, and probably thought, ah, this is, this is an easy one, right? Do yeah. you think that they would allow Brock Lesnar to fight John Jones thinking, oh, he's a light heavyweight. Oh, this will be good for, for Brock. Or do you think that they'd be wise enough to think, once your contract is done, do whatever you want, but while you're under contract, no fucking way are you taking that fight? I don't think he's going to have to worry about it. I think he, from my indications, I, I've not been in, given any reason to believe he's under contract after August. But what I'm saying is they... I don't think if I'm missing man, I want to do business with Brock Lesnar after that fight because Brock's probably going to get slaughtered. Probably. Yeah, he's probably going to get his ass kicked real bad. Honestly. Yeah, and so like there goes his mystique in wrestling after that. Well, a lot of people said that after he lost two fights in a row, too. I guess, but it, to I me... I just don't think he, he's not as useful now as he was in 2012 anyway. No, he's not, but I also look at it like this. I think the diver... Because you, you got to understand, a lot of wrestling fans are only casual MMA fans. They're not knowledgeable MMA fans. A lot of them don't know a lot at all about MMA. I think that diverticulitis was his excuse with wrestling fans. Right? I think they yeah. thought, I think they thought, oh, if he wasn't sick, Cain Velasquez wouldn't have killed him. And oh, Alistair Overeem by then, Brock wasn't even into it kind of thing. Like, I think that he had a ready-made excuse. If he goes in there with John Jones, aside from them saying, oh, he's 42. Aside yeah, from... That's pretty old. That's pretty old. But what I'm saying is, aside from that... There is no other excuse if John Jones goes in there and picks him apart. Well, John Jones is a better MMA fighter than him. That's the excuse. I, he I is. And I, yeah. and I think that, that a lot of people are more willing to be educated on that than prior because I used to get the, oh, a little guy can't beat a big guy argument seriously. Like me and Vince used to go at it about that, and I gave him 30 examples off the top of my head where that happened. Didn't Big Cash John, just use that on a yeah, Tuesday night? Yeah, but I mean – and there are some people that are stupid and believe that, but yeah. I just think I think MMA has helped a lot of people become educated, and you see – I mean there are some people that think that the absence of experience is better than a negative experience. There are some people that are like, oh, we'll see him punk come back to pro wrestling would be a joke because we know he sucks in MMA. 
Well, I mean, what does that mean about every other person who has never trained or never competed yeah. before? Yeah. I mean, there are levels to this shit, and he just wasn't at that level. Brock is not at John Jones's level. Yeah. But uh, I, I wouldn't. I don't think it really affects Brock that much. I really, I really don't. In terms I don't of think still any, being a draw in wrestling, you mean? Yeah, I don't think it hurts him. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, we somehow managed to get through this. We're gonna attempt to do. We're gonna attempt to do stupid people extended for FightfulSelect.com. It's just and, gonna be a picture uh, of my face for like hopefully, 30 seconds. Hopefully, by the end of this day, <laughs> Melissa's employment is extended. <laughs> Melissa I, will I be. I like Melissa. Contrary. To Melissa what will be fine. She will be fine. Yeah, no problem. I just got to make sure like it doesn't Cody, happen again. Is it like Cody saying Bullet Club is fine, but he's gonna fight <laughs> Kenny Omega on pay per view in a month. I heard for the IWGP title, right? Yeah. That's what I heard. Uh, that night, July 7th, hopefully, I'm going to try to do a live post show right after New Japan, and I'll have UFC on my screen, and then immediately after, I'll go live with the Miocic Cormier. Oh, that's going to be a good that's fight. Gonna that's going to be a good fight. Who do you think is winning that fight? Ooh, I don't know. And that's why I love it so much. Daniel Cormier is an undefeated heavyweight, and Stipe Miocic, by, by all statistical meanings is the most successful heavyweight yeah, yeah. in UFC history. I think uh, Cormier is going to be able to take him down pretty much whenever he wants, I think. But Miocic is good on the ground. He's decent. And he's, and, well, he's a fantastic wrestler. He's, yeah, a, he's yeah. an exceptional wrestler. And that's, that's what I'm excited to see negated. Also, Curtis Blades won this weekend. We have an interview with him coming to Fightful this week. He's next in line if he can beat Volkov. He is also a top-level wrestler, so he's probably next in line if he beats Volkov. So mm -hmm. you've got some real interesting matchups there. Mm -hmm. My cat's trying to crawl on my lap. So let's end this show. Jimmy Van 74 at Sean Ross Sapp. Check out our boys at omg.com and at omgbutter on Twitter. My God. We weathered this storm. We drowned along the way. Yeah, you're going to have to do some editing later on. But I want to keep this version up somewhere. It'll be up there. Oh, the video's staying as is. Yeah. I'll, I'll edit the audio. Okay. I'll chop up a piece of the video. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, any parting words? I'm going to give you the final word. I think I've, I've done enough for today, Sean. <laughs> We're out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.